Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Saturday morning to you. It is Drive Time Radio here in the city of Seattle and the entire Northwest. I'm New York Vinny. For the next hour, we're going to uh, talk about cars and things about cars, good things, bad things, and all things in the middle. I have a couple of cars to talk about that I've driven. Uh, our uh, famous Yovini, what are you uh, driving this week? And, uh, you know, I didn't say that right. It's Yovini, what are you driving this week? And uh, we will also, at uh, some point this morning, have our cartoon and talk about some issues that revolve around um, automotive stuff that you should know about, that you should be um, thinking about, all that kind of stuff. So we'll have that all for you, along with us uh, for the ride this morning, as usual, is our good friend Nathan. Nathan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. I am doing excellent, and it looks like I'm invisible according to the video feed. So let me just go ahead and flip that over real quick. Hey, yeah, everybody! Let's, let's, there you oh go. boy, <laughs> a little technical troubles going on this morning. Now, now apparently, <laughs> might as well be right. <laughs> well, I don't know, Nathan. You're a handsome guy. We don't want to. Uh, we know you're gaining an ever popular fan club out there, so we don't want to you know, blurry up too much. Uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, women in the audience, I'm sure, that are, uh, you know, that are looking at you and saying, I'd love to have him for a son. <laughs> He'd be a perfect son for me. All uh, right, yeah, that seems yeah. to have fixed it there. There you go. You have a good week? I have. I had to take good. my car to cop shop a few times, but uh, everything's good. Just a little door not locking and unlocking correctly thing going on, but all resolved and, and you good to go. Have, yeah, you want to have doors that lock in the car. I mean, these yeah. days. Especially if I'm playing a pool and hanging out a lo- around a lot of bars, you know. Somebody might yeah. accidentally walk up to the wrong car and think it's theirs and drive away with, uh, with, drive away with it. You must be, um, you must pre- be um, psychic or something, because did you see my last post on the Mazda CX-9? Yes, I did. That's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done that to some other cars. I was like, what the heck? Why is my car not unlucky? I was like, I keep trying. Okay, well, let me get out the fob and see if that works and click the unlock button. Then, like, behind me, I hear beep, beep. I'm like, oh, I'm at the wrong car. <laughs> Well, it, it, you know, I've done that. I, I, I've, you know, gone out, obviously driving a different car every week. You go out and sometimes you forget what you're driving. But also, you'll, you know what you're driving, but you go to another car that's similar. And you're sitting there and you're, but, 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 you know, you're, you're hitting the fob and nothing's happening. And um, it's the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> I know. One of my friends... Uh... He was driving his car, and there was another car just like his, and he got inside, and then his key actually unlocked that car, too. So he was like, wait a minute. I wasn't drinking, uh, you know, a Starbucks on my way here. Why is there a Starbucks? Oh, I'm in the wrong car. <laughs> that's, when, that's when you really start to get freaked yes. out. That's when you really start to go, whoa. <laughs> uh, well, I, I was... Um, uh, if, if you saw the Facebook post for this week, uh, you know, we drove the Mazda CX-9, uh, which is a great SUV, but I had a little incident with it. And, you know, the, the story behind this is Mazda has really been trying to up their luxury game. Uh, their interiors are fantastic. They've done an incredible job of uh, moving away from the cheap-looking plastics and moving into a more Audi-like interior uh, a more uh luxurious better touch surfaces uh better placement of gauges different kinds of gauges uh they haven't quite solved their infotainment problem yet but it works well you know it, it works well it's just that it's not doesn't have the big jagunda screen like you see everywhere you know that uh, becomes more and more popular uh but anyway so to make a long story radio friendly, uh, 
I go to uh, to Safeway the other night, and it's uh, you know dark out. It's just after sunset, and I'm sitting in Safeway, and I forget what song is on the stereo, and I get this great. I believe it's. Uh, well, I don't know now. I don't want to say the name of the stereo. If, if it sounded that good, it's probably a Harmon Carden, right? Um, anyway, I'm grooving to some song, you know, and I'm one of those people that if there's a great song on the radio, I may have the record. I may have heard it 10,000 times before, but I'll sit in the car bopping to it. You know, I'm the guy in the parking lot that you see banging the steering wheel and moving his head up and down. Listen, uh, it's one of my uh, pleasures in life. So, anyway, I'm sitting in the in the car, and this is up on Highway 99. And um, all of a sudden, grooving to this song, all of a sudden the door opens up, and I and and I just you know I'm, I'm momentarily shocked, but I'm aware also. I keep a a, a cop flashlight on the seat next to me. I don't want to carry a gun. I mean, I think that's, I'm, I'm not a gun guy, but I, I have to have something to protect myself. Um, so I grab the flashlight uh, that I have, the cop flashlight, which is, you know, one of those big, long, heavy flashlights that you could do some damage with if you hit somebody. And I swivel to see what's, you know, what's going on. And all, and I see this older gentleman standing there, and he sees me in the car, and he doesn't, know, you know, he's kind of like, you know, like this, and I'm like this, and he puts his hands up and he backs away. Now I don't know if he thought I had a gun or something, or maybe he just saw, but he's he he saw and he backed away, and. I was like, what the, you know, <laughs> what's going on, man? And once I saw it's an older guy, that kind of fear, because I, I noticed, you know, I know, listen, I, I don't like to profile anybody, uh, but I, you don't see too many like 65-year-old carjackers running around. I think they're all pretty well under the age of 35 or 40, okay? Uh, if you watch the L.A. Chase thing there, you always see that these people are always, you know, seem to be younger than 40 years old, okay? So, um, so he backs up, he puts his hands up, I swing, and I got the thing in my hands, he goes, no, 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 no. And, and, um, I said, what are you, what the hell's wrong with you? And he says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. This guy walked to the wrong car. He, and he looks and he says, no, my car's over there. And sure enough, the car I'm driving is white. And he points over to the next row. And in the same spot in the next row is um, Alexis. <laughs> That's Park there, and he points to that car, and he hits the key fob, and the lights go on, and I, I go, oh, okay, so what, you know, no, no, no problem, man. You know, uh, uh, um, it's it's a situation where they could have turned ugly real quick, um, because you know your tendency is your your danger switch goes off. What somebody opening the door for? It's the reason I don't carry a gun. Uh, because it's entirely possible in a situation like that that you pull it out and overreact instead of just, you know, being a little bit calmer. And, and listen, I know it's, it's it's a dangerous situation. You know, the first couple of seconds of that situation, it could have gone either way. I could have, you know, I could have, you know, swung the, the flashlight at him and knocked him down and then found out what the hell was going on later. But again, my mind was lucky enough that I was uh, awake enough, salient enough, um, you know, aware enough that the guy, and once, obviously, once the guy put his hands up, you know, back, you know, okay, something, you know, something's not right here if he's putting his hands up. So anyway, I, I said, listen, no, no problem, man. You know, uh, no harm, no foul, uh, you know, 
go over to your, you know, go get your car. He walked over, he got in his car and drove away. He probably was just as scared as I was when he opened that door and saw, you know, because, you know, I, I mean, listen, we, we're always told, well, look in the car, look in the back seat, look here, look there. But the, the real reality, the reality of it, not the real reality, the reality of it is, is that you don't always do that. You know, you got some, you're, you're sitting there and you got something going on. Uh, you're, you're carrying groceries. You're trying to get home. You're thinking about a phone call you got to make. You don't look in the back of the car. You don't look, you don't really look, you look around you. I mean, you always look around you as you're, but you figure once you're in that car, you're safe, right? Once you're in that car, you're okay. It, it, you know, the, it, it's such a, a, it's interesting how a car gives you such a feeling of security. It's interesting how a car gives you uh, that feeling that, that nothing can get to you. I'm safe in the car. I think I got that. I got it from when I was a kid. My dad, uh, we got caught up in a lightning storm once. I remember it like it was yesterday in um, Cutstown, Pennsylvania, home of the Pennsylvania Dutch Festival, which I strongly suggest if you're ever in uh, Pennsylvania in early July that you figure out a way to get to this thing. It's really still one of the great festivals um, of all time. It's put on by the Pennsylvania Dutch, the Amish people back there. And it's, uh, you know, it's where all the Amish people come together. They sell their stuff they make. They uh, gather. Uh, the meals are great. Anyway, it's just a great place to go. But it, there's a lightning storm, and my father said, get the car, because it's the safest place to be in a lightning storm, because cars won't conduct electricity to the ground because of the rubber tires. So uh, we got in the car, and we felt safe. You know, my father gave us a safe place to go, and when you're a little kid, it's chaos. You know, poor rain, lightning, people running around. Uh, you know, imagine a scene at a festival like that where people are just, you know, going nuts. And so I don't know if that's where I get the feeling, but there's always a feeling of, and I'm, I'm sure you get it too, of when you're in your car, you're safe. We know that in reality, that's not true. But, you know, it's it's something that we, uh, I think that we ascribe to, that we hope for, that we think that, you know, that's what's going to happen. That you, you have a reasonable expectation of safety when you're in your car. And like I say, don't count on that because it doesn't always work out like that. Um, it's amazing how we rely on a piece of glass to protect us. And in our minds, we think that we're in this cocoon. And listen, automakers are trying to sell that now. You know, automakers, I mean, if you look at the Lincoln ads especially, uh, you know, they're really about uh, cocooning, getting away. You're safe from the world. Everything is groovy. You know, you put on your stereo. You put on your massaging seat. Uh, you know, and it can take you away from the reality of where you are, which if you're parked in your driveway is great. If you're going down I-5 at, you know, 80 miles an hour, don't tell me you don't do 80 miles an hour down I-5. If you're going down I-5 at 80 miles an hour, probably not so good. It's one of the things I worry about in cars is the distractions uh, that, that so many people have big screens. They're looking at the screens. They sell these kits now where you can um, put your what's on your phone onto the screen in your car while you're driving. And, I mean, you can do that anyway with a cell phone. You know, if you want to watch, a, a, I don't know, you're on a long trip and you watch, you go, you watch a movie or something, uh, many, uh, you know, as much as I'm on the road, I see that, uh, more often than I'd like to have seen it, but 
you know, you're driving, you're making that trip, you put the Godfather on, and, you know, you're three hours later, you're where you're going. Um, I actually have done it to listen to the audio, but I know the movie so well. <laughs> it's like the Godfather radio program. It's it's really kind of bizarre, but it's what I do. But I don't look at the screen. Um, you know, I just listen to the audio. Uh, but there are, believe you me, there are people that use anyway. So that's the uh, that was the story. So you know, with the you know, always be aware. But sometimes you have to show a little bit of restraint and a little bit of patience, which is hard in that situation. But I did let the people at Monster know that if they were trying to uh, create a luxury car, I know one guy who thought it was a Lexus. All right. Tell you what we'll do here. We're going to take a real quick break. We'll come back. Uh, We have some news that uh, will uh, rock your world. We got Nathan going to ask me the magical question. We'll talk about what I'm driving this week. We'll review a car. And, uh, of course, we have the Saturday morning cartoon, which I think you're going to love. I I stumbled upon this tune, and I think it's going to be something that you're going to love. So stick around. It's Drive Time Radio. I'm New York, Vinny. Thank you all so much for listening this morning on our little radio program that we do here every Saturday morning from 8 till 9. We are, uh, it's about cars and stories about cars. Believe you me, we'll let you know about it right here on Drive Time Radio on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW. This overheated radiator shouldn't have happened. Or this street windshield in the rain. Or this dead battery here. Shouldn't somebody check those things for you every time? Your Texaco dealer does. That's his promise. Your Texaco dealer not only promises to check the things everyone ought to, he'll double-check too. He'll check your battery. Double-check the battery cables. Check your oil. Double-check the fan belt. Check your radiator. Double-check the radiator cap. Clean your windshield. And double-check the wiper blades. What's more, your Texaco dealer's service and courtesy includes a smile and a thank you. That's his promise. You can trust your car to the man who wears the star. The big, bright Texaco be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. All right, back with you on Drive Time Radio. New York City hanging out with you. It's a Saturday morning here in, well, it's a Saturday morning most places, except where it's Sunday already. Uh, but it's a, kind of a, a, I don't know, looks like there's a chance of, uh, of uh, a, a nice day today. It's gray here, but, uh, you know, uh, what else is new? It was snowing last night. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, up here in Edmonds, uh, I went to the airport at uh, about 1130 last night to pick my daughter up. Well, morning, I guess it was almost midnight. And I went to, to pick her up. And uh, and uh, when I got in the car out here, it stopped by the time I got to Seattle. Uh, it was snowing. I was like, oh, no, don't tell me we're going to have, you know. Uh, luckily, it didn't stick. It warmed up. It was, I don't know, 30 degrees out here. By the time I got to the airport, it was 41. So it was, uh, you know, we, we didn't have the snow. It was, as a matter of fact, by the time I got to the airport, there was nothing, no rain or anything. So uh, that was that was good. I was worried I was going to have to drive back in icy conditions. All right, a couple of things on the agenda this morning uh, that I want to talk to you about. Uh, I, I think... One of the things that uh, really caught my eye in so much of the automotive media this week was uh, the story about Ford Motor Company. And I don't know if you saw this, losing uh, $3 billion on electric vehicle development. I mean, it's... You know, we're at a point in time where, you know, the startups 
Tesla, those those companies, uh, Rivian, those have it a bit easier. Although they have to, they have it harder when they have to sell their product. They don't have to change their conventional thinking. You know, their thinking is all about electrics. Everything they do is about their electric product. Ford, General Motors, Toyota, all these different uh, legacy companies that we see are quite different. Uh, they have to build plants. They have to retool. They have to, uh, you know, develop the technology. There's so many things that goes into it alongside producing ice engine cars and trucks. So it doesn't surprise me that, excuse me, I had a little raspy throat this morning. It doesn't surprise me that Ford had these losses. I didn't think they'd be $3 billion, and I think that's over two years, but it's a sizable amount of money, and it's, it's of course, makes you stop and take pause. And you can bet that the people who don't like electric cars, the people who think that electric cars are a fad, the people who think that electric cars are, uh, are a, a joke and a dream, uh, jumped on this. If you uh, spend some time on YouTube perusing all these different automotive things like I do, um, you heard, you know... People predicting the end of Ford. You know, how will they be able to sustain these losses? How will they be able to? What are they going to, you know? The electric car is all wrong. The electric car is a horrible thing. Uh, the electric car will never work. Which, by the way, they said about the internal combustion engine car when it started, too. So I don't think that's anything new. There's nobody running around saying, oh, you know, this is a whole new concept here, that this thing isn't going to work. Okay. Uh, anyway, what they didn't tell you in that story and what I, upon reading the story further, which is why you don't just look at the headline, you get into the story. Um, is that this was against profits of over $12 billion. If I read, if I read that correctly, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, they're making money hand over fist on their products. Now they have uh, a lot of different factors that are going into that. One of the things that, it um, that Ford is doing, and most of these companies doing is they're spinning off their EV business into a separate kind of entity. But again, you know they are you know they're basically right now selling electric vehicles for less than it costs to develop and manufacture the vehicle. You know, it's like a bus ride. You get on a bus and you pay, what is it? I don't even know what it is to get on a bus now. Let's say $3, right? You get on a bus, you pay $3. That bus ride costs a lot more than $3. But it's getting subsidized uh, by the government, by the federal government, by different agencies. Uh, the $3 fare that you pay to get on that bus is a small piece of what that ride costs. Well, it's kind of the same principle, I believe, with Ford and these other companies that have to uh, conduct their internal combustion engine business next to their electric business. So Ford had a very successful year. Their F-150 is still a top-selling truck in America. And their the average ticket on a car or truck that's sold, the average transaction price is pretty close to $50,000 a transaction. Many of these transactions, when you get into these trucks, uh, you know, the, uh, and the SUVs are in the 80 to $100,000 range. 
There's money there. They're making money on those vehicles. They're developing something that um, is going to take time, going to take money, going to take technology uh, to develop. They're not just going to throw these. It's, it's not just, uh, you know, look at a slot car, put a battery in the middle of a car, crank it up, and boom, you go. There's a lot of things that have to be uh, figured out. Not to mention the fact that they also spent a ton of money, and I don't think these losses are have one one has anything to do with the other except in concept, is that they spent a ton of money on AI, on autonomous cars. And they closed down their autonomous car um, business last year. I mean, they're still working on it. There's still people that are working on an autonomous driving program. uh, And many cars now that have benefited from a lot of the developments in this stuff, but that self-driving car that you think you're going to get into and it's going to whisk you away and you're going to sit back and read a newspaper and, um, you know, drink a cup of coffee on the way to work while you are, you know, programming to the, that's, that's not coming down the road quite yet. Whether you own a Tesla or not, Tesla says that they're capable of doing that. Um, I think in some limited fashion, but we always see Tesla smashing into each other. And I, I got to be honest with you, after what, I, what I've seen this week here in Seattle, I don't think the autonomous, you know, more and more, I look at the autonomous car as something that will save lives. Because we are not going to get out of uh, you are, you aren't, I am, I will not drink and drive. But you're not going to get people who drink cannot drive their cars. We, we don't have the stomach to do what you need to do, which is to, to lock somebody up on their first offense and make it a mandatory sentence that no judge can bargain it down. Um, but once again, this week, we saw the result of somebody that seems to be, and is, you know, allegedly, and I'll use allegedly impaired, causing a tragedy on the West Seattle bridge. Guy in a pickup truck. I don't know if he was drinking or what. The story isn't hundred percent clear, but he was acting the fool before he got on the West Seattle Bridge. Anyway, this idiot is doing donuts in parking lots, be knocking down traffic signs. People are calling 911 and um, and saying, hey, there's a guy in a pickup truck and he's acting crazy. You got to get over here. Jumps the divide. It goes on 35th Avenue. I, I mean, I know this route well. I take it home or used to take it home, when I, especially when I worked at the ballpark and lived in West Seattle about the same time that this happened. So it, it touches you when you look at the, the road that you traveled and you see something happen. Anyway, this guy gets on, gets on the West Seattle Bridge going the wrong way in his pickup truck. And he smashes into head on a car containing two teenagers. Probably out on a date, probably going out guy to smooch. I don't know. But they're driving along innocently down the West Seattle bridge over the West Seattle bridge there's, um, you know, you're an 18 year old driver. You don't have the experience to see a pair of headlights coming at you and get out of the way or moving over again. I mean, it, it probably freezes you when you see it. And so, uh, the idiot in the pickup truck collided with the car with the two kids in it. And the two kids were killed. It's so senseless. It's so ridiculous. 
It's so heartbreaking. And listen, I know people are going to say, well, you know, they don't have enough signs. They don't have, this guy wasn't listening to signs. This guy was just as, as guilty of, of murdering those two kids as if he had a, a gun and he just shot him at their school. There's, there's no difference except that the vehicle wasn't made to do that. The gun was. And I, I don't know, you know, it's been my career long thing to try to figure out or help uh, what to do about drunk drivers. I, I think personally, it's the worst thing one of the worst things you can do in society because it is so inconsiderate of other people. It is so an act where you don't, you just don't care about anybody else. You want to get to where you're going, whether it's the next bar, whether it's home, whatever it is. You don't want to wait for a taxi cab. You don't want to wait for Uber. You don't want to wait for anything. You just want to go where you want to go. And your friends at some point will, you know, try to take your keys sometimes. But after a couple of tries, they give up. How many times has somebody said to somebody outside a bar, all right, you sure you're going to be okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm all right. And yet, we have stuff like this that goes on. Now, Seattle has a new uh, Seattle Department of Transportation head. He just was sworn in last week. We're going to endeavor to get him on the show, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Not just about this, but there's a... Uh, you know, a, a program for zero vision, zero accidents, uh, zero deaths due to accidents. And again, I'm not saying the traffic signs. I'm not saying that divide. I'm not saying that anything would have stopped this guy that killed these two kids. This was just a sick, selfish individual who decided on this night that nothing else mattered in the world but him. That's really what it comes down to. Nothing else in the world matters but you because you know you shouldn't be driving when you're in that condition. And I don't I don't mean to stand up here and preach. Um but I think it's one of those crimes that that it's such a serious thing except that we have so many other crimes against humanity that we deal with every day that it's hard because the consequences of driving intoxicated, impaired, so affect so many people. You take the guy, you put him in jail. What happens to his family? What happens to the rest of his life? What happens to uh, his kids? Are they out paying rent? His wife, his, you know, I mean, not just from the ostracization standpoint, but from the point of your, how do you take care of these people? What do you do with these people who have an idiot father who decides that he's going to drive while he's in the bag? What do you do about that? I don't know. I wish I had the answer. Um, I've always thought that it should be the first time you get caught driving drunk, you don't get off. You have a mandatory jail sentence. Whether it's 30 days or a week or a year, you have to spend time in jail. And I will tell you, I'm here to testify to you that spending time in jail will cure you of many, many thoughts that you have of committing a crime. You spend overnight, 24 hours, 
an hour in a jail cell. And it will change your perspective on life immediately, quickly, and to the point for most people. And I'm not saying it would have, it, it would have prevented what happened the other night on the West Seattle Bridge, but maybe it would have. Maybe, maybe the guy driving that truck would have thought twice about getting in that truck. Maybe not. Maybe this was just a thing that was going to happen no matter what. And there, unfortunately, these poor two kids, their number was up. Uh, I hope in, in at some point in time we develop something that won't let you drive when you're drunk. That won't let you um, do. That, that won't let you commit that crime against humanity. But I'm sure you'll have the uh, First Amendment, Third Amendment, Second Amendment. Who knows what amendment uh, people will try to figure out and say? Well, it's. Uh, taking away my freedom. Well, with freedom comes responsibility. And as a nation, there's a couple of things that we've shown that we can't be responsible for. And one of them is driving while intoxicated. One of them is driving while you're drunk. Too many people have let too many people go in front of the bar when, when a couple of times they've tried to convince them, don't drive like that. And too many times in this society, we have seen the result of what happened the other night on the West Seattle Bridge. I pray for those people, uh, their families, their souls. Uh, I, I, I pray that the next time you see somebody that's uh, that's intoxicated, you're at the bar or you're at some place and somebody's intoxicated, that you don't let them drive. I pray that you do everything in your power to stop them um, so that they don't kill themselves or kill anybody else, any innocent person who happens to be crossing the street, driving a car, coming home from a date, um, going to Alki to watch the beautiful night. And little did they know that they would become part of it. And I know I'm rambling a little bit about this, but it's something that's, that means a lot to me. I, uh, you know, I've lost um, people to intoxicated drivers. And when that happens, you never feel the same again. You never look at somebody in a bar who's got their keys on the bar the same. You want to take their keys and throw them out the door so that they don't get in the car. Please, if there's anything that you do um, and you're in a bar, again, you know, stop anybody you possibly can from driving. If you're going out, again, uh, I know summertime is coming. Cinco de Mayo, all these great holidays. If you're impaired, please don't drive. Please call Uber. Please call Lyft. Call a friend. Call somebody. Lay down in the back seat of your car. And Put your keys on the floor. Don't, don't, don't do to somebody what has been done to these families uh, that we that we have seen here in Seattle. And thank you for indulging me, my soapbox here for a couple of minutes. It's just, it's such a horrible tragedy, and it affects us uh, all, our community, in so many different ways. All right, let's uh, let's let's switch up the mood a little bit and um, do our cartoon real quick. Our Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, I discovered this one while somebody was. I was looking at uh, an ad, and this thing popped up in an ad. I don't know how it was like. Laney Wilson wanted me to know about this song. 
but uh, she's a country artist, nice voice, uh, writes a song called Heart Like a Truck. And I thought that we would uh, we would use that this morning as our Saturday morning cartoon brought to you in the hopes that, uh, you know, that we'll put a little uh, music into your life and uh, bring you a little joy. And believe me, after that speech, we probably need something a little joyous. But here's Lainey Wilson with the Saturday morning cartoon. There you go. Lainey Wilson is her name. Heart Like a Truck is the name of the song. That's our Saturday morning cartoon. Because cars and music go together so well, we bring you one every week. Um, we, uh, we, we search the world for them. And like I said, this one came across right there on my phone while I was looking for something. And I'm glad that it did. All right, time now for our patented uh, look into the future. Nathan gets to ask the question. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. Well, we tipped this one off at the beginning of the show, uh, but uh, um, actually we didn't. I'm sorry. I was I was just going to give you the uh, <laughs> the opposite uh, <laughs> the opposite uh, thing here. I was uh, <laughs> uh, see, I'm, I'm believe me, I'm twisted around this morning. Sorry about that. Uh, what am I driving this week? Oh man, uh, I'm driving the. Um, ES, the Lexus ES350. And um, again, another stellar job by Lexus in an affordable luxury sedan. Again, you know, cars are disappearing from our landscape and Lexus does a great job at building SUVs. But uh, they also, Toyota and Lexus and many other companies have committed to staying in the car business, the automotive business. And uh, they have done it spectacularly with this uh, ES350 uh, F-Sport with uh, with just uh, everything you want in a, you know, $50,000, $60,000 luxury car. I guess by the time soup to nuts, this thing will roll out the door at 60 grand. And um, when you put the F-Sport in it, I mean, you know, the base models are good, they're adequate, but when you add the F-Sport like is in my driver this week, uh, it really changes the dynamic of the vehicle and makes it a lot more interesting to drive. It uh, it gives you a little more performance. It gives you easy access to turning on a sport mode that uh, pumps up uh, the suspension a little bit, makes the car a little bit more fun to drive. Don't get me wrong. This isn't going to be an $80,000 supercar. Uh, It's not going to be a road racer. This is a a car that will give you luxury, uh, that will convey you in a a beautiful style with nice materials, great design, and it's affordable. It's an entry-level kind of uh, larger car uh, for those who have decided, you know what? I think I want to roll up at the country club with it instead of in the Toyota Camry. I think now with the Toyota Avalon, I think I want to go into the Lexus. I want a little more stature in my life. And the Lexus uh, does that perfectly, absolutely perfectly. Uh, there are other, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different lines uh, that you can purchase with this Lexus, you know, models, I should say, not lines, models. Uh, so you don't have to, uh, you know, get the F-Sport, whatever there's a lo- more luxurious one. But from interior feel to outside design, uh, the ES350 really wins me over as an entry-level luxury car, uh, something that uh, you would feel comfortable in going to uh, any wedding, any country club, any event, where you would say to yourself, uh, man, I want to, uh, you know, I want to uh, look a little classier than just the Toyota. All right, that's the uh, Yovini, what are you driving this week as we um, as we move on through the show. Sorry, I just lost my internet uh, screen here a second. I did want to mention um, also, you know, I don't want to go back to uh, – you know, to uh, to the, the the maudlin stuff, the bad stuff. But I will, 
just note that uh, when it comes to safety, twenty twenty two. This just came across my uh, my uh, desk here uh, yesterday. Twenty twenty two was Seattle's deadliest year on the road in over a decade. Uh, Greg Spots is the new SDOT director. As I said, we're going to try to get him on uh, the show in the next couple of weeks. But uh, it is. Um, it's kind of sad that it is uh, the traffic deaths continue to mount. And uh, we have a new director here that hopefully is going to be able to, uh, to fix that and to uh, make Seattle streets and roads and the area streets and roads better for all of us. You shouldn't have to think, and I know you do, but you shouldn't have to think about, I'm going to get killed in this car. When I go out, it's just not right. It ain't fair. But uh, as I said, we'll endeavor to have uh, Mr. Spots on our show in the near future. All right, time for uh, a little road testing. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, yeah, by the way, I wanted to make sure that you know that you can catch up with my uh, driving endeavors each week with the, uh, the Facebook page, Yo Vinny, what are you driving this week? It's exactly, uh, it's titled like it sounds. Yo Vinny, what are you driving this week? Uh, it's a question that I'm asked often and the answer sits up there every week. And you can uh, look at that and you'll see pictures of you know, what I'm driving, maybe some of the interesting stuff I find about a car. Uh, also, next week, we're going to start uh, a new feature, uh, and, and we're going to do this um, in what we're going to call our, our overtime, our extra lap uh, that we take every week. Um, I've developed a new little feature called Just Off the Exit. And what we're going to do is we're going to explore... Um, little places that you should know about that you probably pass every day on your way to work, every day on your way to somewhere, wherever you're going to take your kid to school. You pass these wonderful places when you're on the highway, and we're going to get off the highway and find them for you. So just off the exit is going to premiere next week, and that will also have its own separate uh, Facebook page and uh, Twitter page and little YouTube short, so you'll be able to uh, look at and enjoy um, just off the exit. Should be a lot of fun. All right, the uh, Mazda road test, the road test uh, car is the Mazda that we were talking about. The 2023 Mazda CX-9 Signature Edition. Uh, this is one of my favorite SUVs. Uh, the CX-9 is going away in favor of the CX-90. Again, Mazda trying to up their game, uh, but as a, uh, a three-row vehicle, this CX-9 gives you, for a non-performance vehicle, a lot of connection to the road, a lot of great driving dynamics. Now, what do I mean when I say connection to the road? If any, you always say it, connected to the road. Uh, it's got four tires. Of course it's connected to the road. Well, no, it's a little bit more than that. It's the feel of driving the car, of pointing it, of, of, of feeling the imperfections as well as the perfections in a road. In, in moving the steering wheel and the car goes where you want it to go. Uh, and precisely... Not sloppily, like when you drive uh, one of those big old Cadillacs, but precisely moves uh, into that um, into that lane or into that place where you want the car to go. If it uh, it is the suspension is such that you don't feel like you're going to flip over when you go into a, a curve, that you can go into a curve at a, a a higher rate of speed and feel like the vehicle responds to you. It is, uh, it's fun to drive, you get into it, you, you really uh, feel this connection, you feel what a race car driver feels 
on a smaller scale when they get into a formula car or a, uh, a NASCAR car. The car responds to their every move. The car responds to uh, your mental picture of where you want to take it and that it's capable of doing the things that you want it to do. That's the connection to the road. It is, uh, and Mazda does that. They, they take that sports car, because you usually find that in sports cars, they do it better than uh, anybody in their price range, I think. Um, I've driven a bunch of these cars over the years, these CX-9s. As I said, they're going away in favor of the CX-90. And, um, you know, it's not the biggest in cargo space. It's not the most comfortable third row in the class. Um, it, it's not, uh, it's, it's got some drawbacks to it. But you give something up to get the beauty of the design, which I think is one of the nicest looking vehicles out there, and this connection to the road, this feeling of uh, you are in control of this car, this car doesn't control you. The fit finish in the car is spectacular. The materials are more than what you think you would pay for at the price point of 50,000 bucks uh, for this uh, car. Uh, the four-cylinder turbo Skyactiv engine gives you tons of power. Uh, it, you know, you, you hit the gas on this thing, especially if you drop it into sport mode, uh, and it responds. Again, not the quickest, but it responds. It makes you feel like, okay, we're, uh, we're going somewhere, and we're going to have fun uh, doing it. The, uh, you know, the Mazda, um, you know, competes in that class with the Palisade, tell you right, the Grand Cherokee. Uh, but again, this thing drives for an enthusiast better than any of those. Those feel like large SUVs. The Mazda makes you feel a little bit in your heart like you're driving a sports car. As I said, 50000 bucks. It gets high safety ratings all over the place from the IIHS and uh, the uh, the federal government. Uh, and again, the, uh, the the features thing, it has all the stuff that you think you want, um, high tech and everything like that. It's certainly a great car and one that uh, we will miss not driving them anymore. That's another edition of Drive Time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all the people that support us. And we will catch up with you next week at 8 o'clock if the Lord's will and the creek don't rise right here on Drive Time Radio. Have a good week.